Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've got college football, real college football, not week zero, not Notre Dame playing in Ireland, none of that nonsense. We've got real week one college football coming up. And full disclosure, we're going to talk to Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times about some of the top games. Of course, Florida's at Utah Thursday night. USF visiting Western Kentucky. FSU versus LSU in Orlando on Sunday. And a whole slate of week one games. We're taping this uh, a couple days before uh, Thursday night's game at Utah because of the approaching uh, hurricane, not really knowing what the circumstances will be uh, around this area. But we do want to talk college football. We get to do that Every week with Matt Baker, he's got some great insights for you coming up in just a minute. But first, you already know, because you're watching the news every five minutes, yes, it's hurricane season. And what a better time to know this. The good news is you can keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's with solar battery backup power. Look, there's no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance cost. And May Electric Solar, our sponsors, offers a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose power with this current hurricane on the way here, a generator can cost you over $2,000 a week just to run. Solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit for new systems or for adding a battery to your existing M-Phase solar system. Now, trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric solar battery backup or to get started Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, time to talk a little college football with Matt Baker. In uh, full disclosure, as we do this podcast, Jim Cantori was in Gainesville. When was the last time the Hurricanes and the Gators ever met there, Matt Baker? Oh, I don't know. I was at their last game in 2019 in Orlando. That was atrocious. That was the the 150th year of college football, and our buddy Martin Finley wrote that that game had put college football back 150 years. years. (laughs) Yeah, I can see him writing that. He's probably true. I think they've always. It seems to me, and I don't. I don't have any history, and nor do I care. um, That uh, that when 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 the Gators and the Hurricanes have met, it's always been on some sort of neutral field um for a while i mean i remember emmett smith going down to miami and playing there early in his career maybe as a freshman but i also remember them playing in tampa a few times it's neither here nor there this was a jim cantori joke it fell flat i get it i'll take responsibility for it well the important thing though is that they are playing again it's a home and home uh i'm I'm looking it up now i think it's 25 and 26 oh okay uh let's see here 24 and 25 well next year they're yeah, that that could change with some of the changes mm. in the SEC, whatever. But anyway, yeah. they're they're going to do a home and home, which is wonderful because they should. All right. Well, let's hope that uh, everything is still in place by the time they get there. All right. So uh, before we get to week one, let me just get your quick thoughts on what did you make of week zero? And uh, I don't know how many points you thought Navy would score against Notre Dame, but it wasn't that many. 
Yeah, Notre Dame played well. I, I'm not ready to like say that they're a playoff team or anything like that, but mm-hmm. they did better than I expected. Um, and, and this isn't breaking any news. Sam Hartman's really good at yeah. quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I liked him a, a lot, a lot at Wake Forest. And, I mean, he's the best quarterback Notre Dame's had probably since Brady Quinn, maybe mm-hmm. longer than that. We'll, we'll see. It was only one game against Navy. but um, And I like Notre Dame's running backs, too. So I, I'm higher on, on Notre Dame, but I'm not, like, you know, buying a bunch of stock or anything from the one game. Um, the other thing is, you know, USC. But their offense we knew was going to be really good. Their defense, if they're going to be a playoff team, or even better than that, potentially, their defense, we knew that was going to have to be better. And it wasn't great against San Jose State. Um, Again, we're kind of nitpicking a 28-point win in week zero, but this is the sample size that we have. And and it kind of confirms the concerns that some people, including myself, had, which was that USC's defense might hold them back. And again, we will see, but I, I, I wasn't wowed by their defense, I'll put it that way. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned uh, Sam Hartman, and, and I think he's almost as old as Brady Quinn. I mean, he's <laughs> it feels like it. Twenty-four. Uh, I heard him on Dan Patrick. He told an interesting stories. He, you know, he had obviously been at Wake Forest for a while, and then the COVID year and everything. They just kept giving opportunities to extend your college career or whatever that meant. And I guess he has a brother, as the story goes, that looks very similar to him because they're brothers. Right. And this uh, this young man was walking around the University of Florida, where I thought I think he attended. Somebody snapped a picture and thought, "Aha! Sam Hartman is looking to get in a portal," and he was at Florida or some such nonsense. But that began sort of like him being courted by a bunch of t- universities, including Notre Dame, as he told the stories. I, I thought it was interesting. So he had so you know didn't know he really wasn't looking to go to the NFL, but also wasn't looking to stay in college that long. But he found the perfect place, and uh, yeah, Notre Dame. I mean, what a great brand! And and you're right. I think he's the best quarterback they've had for many, many years. And and you mentioned Florida, and there was a you know take this for what it's worth, but there was certainly some rumblings that sure. Florida would have been a destination for him, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be very curious, you know, in, in that alternate universe, right, where he decides to go to oh, the Gators yeah. just to see how different things would play out. And, uh, you know, he's played one game. Florida hasn't played any yet. But, uh, again, my point is that I'm extremely high on Sam Hartman. I loved him at Wake, and from four quarters against Navy, I think he's going to be really, really good there and make you know certainly elevate the Irish in uh, Marcus Freeman's second year. And part of what's going to be a pretty good college football quarterback class, I would think, when this is all over. For sure. All right, so you are headed, uh, uh, weather and uh, airlines permitting, uh, to watch <laughs> uh, Billy Napier and the University of Florida pay back uh, their series with Utah. Florida at Utah, and um, that game is Thursday night, correct? And correct. so um, here's the thing. It's a long way, and you'll find that out because you know, uh, but also there's there's a bit of an altitude and an attitude, but an altitude in this case. Um, I'm wondering like what what teams do or attempt to do, if anything, about that. Yeah, so Florida's not really going to do anything with it. Um, they're hmm. they're flying out early to Dallas, and that wasn't planned. That's just a hurricane thing. Get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Um, 
but they talked about and they looked into whether they should fly out there earlier or something like that. And uh, again, Billy Napier has this army, right? That was one of the things when he took over this army of support staff and mm-hmm. analysts and, and all and what have you. So not surprisingly, they did a whole bunch of research on what does what would make sense here what's the what's the best practices and kind of said you know what to really adjust to the altitude it would take 10 days they can't leave 10 days early they're not doing that so the the lesson was they're just going to do status quo and treat it like they would any other road game but the altitude i I do think it will be an issue i mean it's it's four thousand something feet in the air which isn't you know it's not mount everest but it's certainly not gainesville yeah and that altitude can can make a difference i'll I'll give you a a weird story here i I think i've mentioned it before on here that i I did marching band for a couple years in college sure and 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 high school too and in again this is no way the same as football but it's it's my story so whatever um but my sophomore year at college northwestern played uh ucla in the sun bowl and i remember practicing one day we're marching at whatever el paso high school and we were all winded and being absolutely awful and our our band directors ticked off and but one of the high school people was like hey uh buddy you know there's a lot of altitude here right mm. you're, you guys are, are marching around you're not used to it yeah. so i do know that it can be an issue and uh, again i'm not saying it's the same but the, you can huff and puff a little bit more in that type of air and, and it's harder to to come down and so I, we'll see what how that plays out if florida's got the depth to it to withstand to withstand it and everything but Utah is a really tough place to play. They haven't lost at home in a couple of years. We'll see how healthy they are. But um, a hope hopefully it's going to be a good game. And b hopefully my travel allows me to get yeah. there on time. You're, sure. You're taking kind of a circuitous route. You got a couple stops, but uh, maybe no change on one plane. But yeah, that's that's always tenuous at best when you travel in the airlines these days. Um, I, so so Napier's taking the uh, mind over matter approach to altitude. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. we'll we'll see if it does. Uh, you mentioned uh, they've won fourteen straight home games, um, which is which is a lot. You know what's weird to me is just Florida starting a game, starting on the road. You know all these teams, it seems are, there's a lot of games that they're just you know it's cupcake the first two weeks of college football sometimes, and it's like a preseason. But Florida's jumping right in the fire. Yeah, give Florida credit for that because that hasn't been the case for a while. I, I mean. Go back to, you know, I've covered some pretty crappy openers with the Gators. Sure. Uh, Jim Macklin's first game was against, like, New Mexico State, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember who Mullen played in year one because it was awful. Um, some Humpty Dumpty. And, but, you know, Florida has played some good ones. At 2017, they opened up against Michigan and in Jerry's World. And the, we already talked about the 2019 game against Miami and Orlando that we should never, ever, ever talk about again because it was horrible. Um so they've been doing more of this, and I think, and if you look at the, some of the, the schedules coming up, they're going to continue to do more. They've they've ramped up the degree of d- difficulty with you know Miami series and North Carolina State and Colorado mm-hmm. and Cal, and you know some of those aren't the exactly world beaters, but compare that type of non conference schedule to where it was ten years ago, and and Florida is certainly scheduling up, and and give them credit for that, and course the most important thing is obviously me and i am much more excited (laughs) to (laughs) to write about a uh a florida cal game or florida colorado than florida and east carolina heck yeah that's the one thing about college football um that you know in the nfl of course every game is the same they matter and any team can any given sunday and not always the case with with some of the blue bloods and some of the sec schools that start the season anyway you you kind of know 
that they're going to pound New Mexico State or whoever the opener is. And 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 this one's really interesting because um, it is a good opponent and it's out there. They have or had a good quarterback. Do you, do you know anything about Cameron Rising? Uh, whether or not his knee is well enough to play or. As we record this, I do not. They have been very tight-lipped about it. Yeah. Um, they've also been tight-lipped about the health of uh, Brent Keithy. They're really one of their two. Or, well, last year they had two really good tight ends. Now they've just got him, and, and they've been tight-lipped on his availability as well. So I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I, I think we talked about when we kind of went over my top 25 ballot a couple weeks ago. I had Utah at number 12, assuming Cam Rising was healthy, but he, you know, I don't know if he is, and if not, there's going to be a drop off just because Cam's really, really good. You know, he mm-hmm. rushed for I think it was 90 yards in the swamp last year, and he he really impressed me with his mobility a, mm-hmm. a year ago. I, I knew he could throw and, and and hit the targets and all that stuff, but he doesn't. He's one of those guys who doesn't look super fast. He just kind of is able to to wiggle out and and slip out and get 10 yards out of it. So, you know, obviously I hope he's healthy because I want to see football at the highest level and, and uh, he's a really, really good player. But if he's not, then certainly that gives the Gators a better chance of winning. You wrote about this on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times, uh, you know, five things to sort of uh, consider about this game. One of them I thought was interesting. You know, coaches are always looking for edge and motivational pieces and things like that. Turns out that Netflix series that you uh, talked about on this podcast with Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, um, kind of whitewashed the bigger problems that they had at that time. But mm-hmm. that's that's sort of a motivational uh, film for them at this point. Yeah, absolutely. The, the whole team watched it in, in various settings. And, and uh, it was something where they talked about, you know, this is a whole kind of restore the order, right? This is what we used to be. This is what we need to be again. And how much will that actually matter at was it eight o'clock on Thursday night in, in Utah? Mm-hmm. Probably not a whole lot, but right. maybe it will matter a little bit and kind of getting them jazzed up and, and ready for uh, you know one of the biggest openers they've had in a while. Heck yeah! All right, so the, the game that I'm looking forward to, and not that I won't watch uh, Florida, obviously, but uh, that will be uh, Florida State playing LSU uh, in Orlando. And uh, you'll be, I assume you're double dipping if you make it back successfully. We, we all hope. Uh, <laughs> but uh, If I don't make it back from Salt Lake, then, then we got some major, major issues. That's yeah, assuming I get to Salt Lake, I suppose. Probably another hurricane had, had, has wreaked havoc with Florida, if that's the case. But um, So here's, here's my question, okay? I know you're high on this guy. And in fact, the rest of the country is. And that's why he's a Heisman mentioned in the Heisman race before anybody plays a game. Is Jordan Travis really all that? I mean, can he put a team on his back or put this team on his back and carry them to national championship contention? I've seen him. I like him. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's at that level. Well, I I don't know that he is either. Um, I think so, but I don't know. So sorry to be kind of lame there, but no, that's fair. um, He's, he won the Florida game. Like, yes, he did. Yes. He put him on, he the was, back, on his back. He, yeah. Yes, he absolutely did. He was the difference in that. That's what Billy Napier said afterward. Anybody with eyes who watched that said Jordan Travis was the difference. Yes, yes. And there were some plays he made against Oklahoma as well. I remember mm-hmm. Brent Venable saying afterwards, like, you know, he did what Jordan Travis does. And when you start getting opposing coaches saying that type of stuff, that means yeah, you're at a, yeah. a high level. Yeah. Uh, so I think... The reason I'm optimistic on FSU and, and Travis is I when he I know what he can do at his best. And at his best, 
no, he's not as physically gifted as Kayla Williams. There are not many people who are. Sure. But but when he's at his best, there are not a whole lot of quarterbacks in the country or players in the country who are as good as him. I, I certainly believe that. Now, add in another year of development, another mm-hmm. year with Norvell, another year with that staff, mm-hmm. an offensive line that I think is the most experienced in the country. If they're not, they're, they're certainly in that ballpark. Then you factor in the return of Trey Benson at running back, who almost had 1,000 yards last year. I expect him to be better. Yep. You look at the receiving core um, with, with Johnny Wilson, who I think is going to be better, and Keon Coleman from Michigan State, who's probably going to be even better than Johnny Wilson. Then you add in the tight ends they brought in, uh, the uh, Kyle Morlock from Shorter and Jaheim Bell from South Carolina. I think I, I say all that to say I think Jordan's going to have more talent around him. Mm. And so if he's able to elevate that talent and just get more consistent with the experience and everything else, th- that's the case I make for why he can be that guy to to elevate Florida State into the playoff and and obviously it, it starts uh sunday in, in orlando against lsu it, a loss doesn't kill either team's chances of, of going to the playoff but whoever gets out of there with the win i mean they certainly become a a real real front runner or contender to make the playoff no question about that yeah big time win and, and the committee will consider that at the end of the year no doubt um here's my question uh and, and look you know, coming from an NFL perspective, I watch every single year player after player come out of LSU and knock it out of the park when they get to the NFL. A lot of receivers, obviously, um, Devin White, some linebackers. Um, it, it seems to be every year they turn out terrific uh, NFL talent. So that being said, Brian Kelly is now in his second year. Um has he put his stamp on this team and, and, and are they, are they pulling as much talent much more probably than even Notre Dame could, but are they, are they, are they really stocking up here to where LSU, you know, could, could be right back in the national championship picture? I still don't know if they have national champion, if it's a national championship roster. Okay. Um, I, I think he is making it better and his, some of the recruiting wins he's, he's done have, have made it better, but I don't know that it's quite, at that Georgia, Ohio State, maybe Michigan, right. mm-hmm. Alabama. Alabama level. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and it would it would depend. I mean, th- this is a really obvious statement, but it would depend on Jaden Daniels, the quarterback. Absolutely. Um, and I say that because the the teams that are not the the elite elite talented teams that win championships have an elite quarterback. You yes. know, the, the two that come to mind immediately, you know, Clemson with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. The, they were they were very talented teams. Don't get me wrong, uh, but they weren't like the clear. These have the the most dudes of anybody. No, right. they had some dudes, but they also had two they had the guy. Uh, you know, yeah, they had the guy at quarterback. Deshaun yeah. was awesome. Trevor Lawrence was awesome. So. It, that's what LSU would need is, is Jaden Daniels to to play like that. But the, the name I'd give you on on who to kind of watch at LSU is Harold Perkins, the linebacker. Um, okay, he was a uh, you know he's somebody that Brian Kelly was able to get uh, in his first recruiting class. Florida was in on him late and, and couldn't get it. Thought you know looked like Texas A and M might have, but Brian Kelly got him to LSU. He had flashes last year of being absolutely awesome as a freshman and just in terms of a pass rusher and i think if he's able to kind of develop his skill set into the more well-rounded stuff where he's not just passing he's able to stop the run and what have you he is somebody that's going to be freak of nature all-american one of the best couple players in the country he's Mm. that talented that's 
That's interesting. Uh, uh, LSU has produced some some uh, good uh, linebackers as well as we just mentioned, and so that'll be something to watch. That's a good. That's a good week one game, man. That's a big time uh, brand, right? Florida State, LSU in Orlando. Uh, so that's the way to open the season. Uh, also opening the season under a new head coach, Alex Golish. USF travels to Western Kentucky. I don't even know exactly who the quarterback is is going to be. He's got a couple choices there. I guess he'll announce that when they run onto the field. What is the chances of Alex Golish uh, just making a grand entrance and knocking off Western Kentucky? I don't feel great about it. Um, I I was at USF practice a week, week and a half ago, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. and I was impressed by how much better the roster looked. Um, You know, I saw them at the spring game on the sidelines and I mean, they just didn't have dudes. Like, I, I hate to put it that bluntly, but I was just extremely unimpressed with with the talent level. And you know, Alex more or less said he, he's he said as much basically afterward. You know, we got to hit the portal hard. We, we got to there are certain yeah. positions we got to hit. And then fast forward, you know, three months, four months, whatever it was, um, and, and I'm watching them in practice. It, they have a lot more guys who look the part. I'll put it that way. Um, can they play? I don't know. It was, it was one practice, right? So, like, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens when the lights come on. But I can tell you, if nothing else, they have more guys who look the part and look like they belong as players at, at a school that USF should be than they had in the spring. So that's certainly something. Now, can they translate it onto the field immediately? I don't. I don't. I don't think so for for this opener. Western Kentucky is pretty good, right? Like they're um, uh, offensively, they would have been top fifteen in scoring uh, the last couple of years. Hmm. Austin Reed's an experienced quarterback out of St. Augustine, who um, he had options or would have had options if he really wanted to pursue them in the portal. He, he's a guy that you could, certainly could have seen moving up if he wanted to, and, and if everything had worked out. Um, so I think that's going to be a tough road for them uh, uh, up in Bowling Green in week one with that offense, and especially considering how USF's defense has been uh, and certainly was last year. So I, 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 I'm looking just to see, I want to see what this new Alex Golish offense can look like, um, see what happens at quarterback with, with Byron Brown or Gary Bohannon, presumably one of those two guys as a starter, and then just uh, see if there's some strides on defense to make you think like, Okay, they can. Again, I view this almost like a week zero with, with US, or excuse me, a year zero with with USF. Um, so I just want to see if there's progress that we can see early on. Yeah, you need some success. If it's not a win, you want to show you know that you can put up a fight defensively, offensively, whatever that that manifests itself. There, there is, uh, and we talked about Florida State. I think the ACC. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a two team race. It's Florida State. It's Clemson. Clemson opens. <laughs> with an ACC team, Duke, on Monday night. Uh, what does Duke have that can uh, put up a fight here? Duke returns a bunch of guys from a team that won nine games last year. So hmm. that, that, you know, that it seems, yes, Duke was actually pretty good last year um, mm-hmm. uh, under Mike Elko, the, the first-year coach. Uh, defensively, they were pretty sound. There was a lot of luck involved. Uh, I think they were like plus 16 in turnover margin, which like wow. that's that yeah, that's not sustainable. You're not going to have that again. Um, but to their credit, they capitalized on it. So I think they're going to be pretty sound. And then the other thing, Riley Leonard is a really good quarterback for, for Duke. He can run, he can throw. Um, he's got some some experience now. I, I don't know that I'm thinking Duke is going to upset Clemson, but I do think that's that can be a tricky game. 
And, and the other kind of part of that that's that's interesting to me too is is Clemson's new offensive coordinator Garrett Riley. You know, he was at TCU last year. Um, obviously, did wonders there and and helped get them to the national championship game. If he is as good as I think he is, then he can absolutely turn Clemson around, cl- turn that Clemson offense that's been just kind of okay the last couple of years, turn that around, and then maybe they've got a chance to, to you know beat Florida State in week four and then presumably in the, the rematch uh, in Charlotte um, a couple months later. And then maybe we're talking about them as a, as a playoff team. But he's just one of the more interesting coordinator hires this, this offseason. I'm curious to see what they do in, in week one. One of the more interesting uh, quarterbacks is going to be playing kind of a rivalry game. I think they'll be favored. Um, But Drake May and his North Carolina Tire Heels take on South Carolina. I know a guy, Clyde Christensen, you do too, has been working a little bit with Drake Mm -hmm. May. This guy, look, I I think we all kind of know who the first pick of the draft is going to be next year, but I bet this dude isn't much further down than the number two or three. Do you know, Rick, any teams that NFL teams? <laughs> Here we go. That, <laughs> what? What? We've, we, I haven't it's not played like we, a game yet, Matt. Come on, Rick. Have we ever had any conver- hypothetical conversations about a team in Tampa not yeah. being great or, yeah. or even being really good, and then drafting a quarterback? Have uh, we had yeah. those talks before? Yeah, okay. a couple, couple of twelve straight years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. If if you believe the early mock drafts, and obviously you should believe them right now, this is the time. Why then not? there's been some possibilities with Drake made at the Bucks. Now I don't mm. know if that's yeah, you know, that's a that's a long long way. You got to earn your way to that, man. You got to you got to you got to only win about three games if you want Drake May. I think. I think you're probably right because he is extremely talented. He's he's got good enough size. He's a good runner. He's a good thrower. He's got his head screwed on right. Um, yeah. I was impressed when I talked with him at at ACC Media Days or the kickoff, whatever you call it, in well, Charlotte. Yeah, he's he's going to be. He was really good last year. He's going to be really really good this year. And, and that opener against South Carolina. Um, look, South Carolina is tricky too. Like you know, they obviously came up and surprised Tennessee and and, and Clemson uh, at the end of last year. Yeah, they did. He's, you know, Shane Beamer's recruiting at a pretty high level, especially for South Carolina. That's a tricky game for North Carolina. And I think, look, I don't think South Carolina is going to win the East. I'm not saying anything like that. But I do think they're going to be a very, very tough out for people all mm. season long, including the Gators when, when they play up there later this year. Um, so that, that, to me, I think, other than Florida State, LSU, UNC, South Carolina, I think that's probably the most interesting game of the week. I love it. I love it. I, I, I like both those programs, and, and we'll be watching Drake May. Not that I'm planning on writing about him anytime soon, but you just never know. <laughs> uh, UCF has their first game as a Big 12 member, but it doesn't come against a Big 12 team. It's Kent State. But this is, a, you know, you want to make a good showing, right, in your first time out in a new conference. Yeah, you got the new patch on the uniform, and, yeah. and there's a little bit more attention, I think. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm curious. That, look, I don't think it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm hopeful I'm at the press box in Salt Lake City <laughs> with enough time to watch <laughs> some of this. <laughs> After ta- my crack of dawn flight, Tampa to Indy, Indy to Denver, Denver oh, to Salt Lake. So I'm hopeful I get to see a good amount, a decent amount of that live at least to start. But the main thing I'm looking for there is, does UCF look like a Big 12 team? It's a complete eye test thing. 
you can't quantify it, but do they have a little more speed than they've had in the past? A little bit more mm-hmm. size, a little bit more girth to make you think that they can handle the the challenge of of being in the the Big 12. I mean, I, was, I remember talking with Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel um, at one point last year. I think it was it was after UCF lost to Louisville, and he was trying to make sure that readers and and fans understood. The Big 12 is full of teams like Louisville, right? Like at UCF, they would play a Louisville and a Georgia Tech every year. Well, that's eight or nine games of your of your schedule now. So there, there's just that higher, you know, a, a higher ceiling, a higher caliber team that you're playing. And so that's what I want to see from UCF. Do, do they pass the eye test as a Big 12 team? Because look, Kent State is not very good. They lost their coach, uh, Sean Lewis, to, to Colorado to be their OC. So I'm not expecting much from Kent State. It's just kind of an eyeball test with me with, with UCF and if they're able to take care of business early. Well, I, I kind of say maybe not the best for last, but the one that I'm interested in anyway, um, this game is not on prime time. It's uh, actually at noon. But Colorado has prime time. Deion Sanders, they're at TCU. So much talk, so much publicity. I'm a believer in, uh, in in Deion as a head coach. Of course, it's all about the players and the dudes, as you say. Do they got enough dudes to go into a place like TCU that was in a national championship game a year ago and, and pull an upset? I don't think so, but I don't know what to make of either one of these teams, Rick. Mm-hmm. TCU lost, uh, obviously, Max Duggan, who was a fantastic quarterback for them. So you you, you lose a, a transcendent-type quarterback for your school, the way Max Duggan was with TCU. You don't get better. You, you just don't. You, you regress. It's a question of how much. Sure. And then you, you take away a bunch of, you know, Garrett Riley, the OC, like I mentioned, and then some a bunch of you know, almost all the major contributors. So TCU is going to take a step back. It's just a question of how much. Colorado, I do not know what to make of, just because they flipped over almost all of that roster. And you can say, yes, they needed to because Colorado sucked the last few years. So what did you really lose? But there's not a... I don't know that what Dion did with that roster and the way he overhauled it that quickly. I don't know that that's been done in the modern era. I don't think it has just to that extent. So maybe it works and is able to click pretty quickly. I think my guess would be the portal guys don't quite mesh. The culture is not quite there and the talent level is not quite there either. You know, he, he brought in a bunch of guys that, that were, they were some of them were you know like the guys from Florida State were, were highly recruited guys out of high school who didn't click in college and maybe the change of scenery will get everything together and and maybe it'll click or maybe those guys and I'm not saying the FSU guys in in specifics I'm just speaking generally maybe a lot of the guys he got through the portal were there for a reason mm. and maybe that the bounce back doesn't always work and so that would be my concern with colorado is when you rely that much he- that heavily on the portal and the type of guys they got it might not work quickly um but i i don't have any idea i mean dion had a, a an interesting staff like i said bringing in sean lewis the offensive coordinator he was the head coach at kent state yeah. um ran a fun looking offense i think three or four of the guys on Dion's staff were on the national championship staff at Florida state in 2013. So there's some experience there. Um, but can it click together immediately? I'm not convinced. Well, they are excited in Boulder. I can tell you that. And, uh, I will be watching that game because I think, uh, I, I think that Dion Sanders has surprised everybody with his ability to connect 
uh, with college players, and and uh, and he certainly had plenty of his ex teammates and ex NFL players out there to motivate uh, throughout the uh, the entire fall. So that'll be fun. You've got all right. Am I, let me see if I get this right because connections are important this time of year. You're leaving Thursday morning, Tampa to Indy. Is it Denver next? Is that yeah? What's Tampa to Indy, Indy to Denver, Denver to Salt Lake City. They're around lunchtime. Uh, if all goes well, my buddy Edgar Thompson at the Orlando Sentinel is gonna—he's got a rental car and he's gonna pick me up and take me to the game. Ho- maybe at the hotel first to to get a, a you know half an hour of, of sleep or whatever. Um, I'm really hopeful it all works because this is uh, <laughs> this is not what I planned when I went, no, we booked this this trip, no, no. but. Uh, at the same time, you know, we're recording this. Uh, it's nine forty on on Monday evening. Uh, if the worst thing that happens in the state of Florida in the Tampa Bay area is that my flights got canceled or delayed or whatever, and you know I'm inconvenienced, then that would be wonderful, and I would take that in a heartbeat. You know, yeah, uh, it's it's just this is the. Uh, this is Florida this time of year, and this is why we get paid the big bucks for to do glamorous things like uh, like this, Rick. <laughs> well, in, enjoy your at least twenty-two to twenty-three hour day um, in the in the three different time zones that you'll be you'll be covering, and then then you get to come back and then and then watch, of course, uh, a big game with Florida State and LSU on uh, on on uh, Sunday. So that'll be good too. So. Uh, check it all out. Uh, Matt Baker, Tampa Bay Times, TampaBay.com. College football is here. Thank God we waited so long. It's Darn finally right. here. Now we can play some games. Thanks, Matt. Sure. Thanks, Rick. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, as always, my thanks to Matt Baker. The Rays are off today. They're going to be headed to Cleveland to start a series with the Guardians. Of course, uh, we'll see the Bucks will be back at practice, uh, a couple days of practice before they split, I think, over the weekend. And then it's ready to uh, get a regular week schedule, if you will, heading into the season opener against Minnesota. So keep it right here. Thanks again for listening. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 